Welcome and thank you for joining Something New, a bi-weekly musical theater podcast where I, Joel B. New, invite an exceedingly talented friend over to my apartment, we chat a bit, and then we learn and record a brand new song, which we end up premiering right here for your listening pleasure. Today's guest artist is a producer, general manager, and dramaturg who focuses primarily on new plays and musicals. Some recent projects include Baby Case and Flambe Dreams, both of which won multiple awards at the New York Musical Theater Festival and Independence at Soho Playhouse, which the New York Times and Huffington Post called one of the top New York shows of 2012. She is a member of the Off-Broadway Alliance and Actors' Equity. She studied musical theater and dramaturgy at Ithaca College and has performed with New York Stage and Film, Fulton Opera House, and the Actors' Studio. Naturally, I'm talking about Liz Ulmer. Naturally. Naturally. How's it going? Uh, It's going really well. I'm so happy to be here. Thank thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. Um, So I thought I always like to talk a little bit about how we know each other because Mm -hmm. it's all about who you know and all that stuff. Of course. Well, I... I guess it's an interesting I had, question. Well, I had known your partner Kevin previously mm-hmm. through Jen Waldman's studio, and then I remember meeting you when you came to that, that event that I did with New York Musical Theater Festival. That was about uh, it was sort of an educational um, program we had at Nymph, uh, where we invited students in to talk. In this case, it was about uh, Greek choruses and how they relate to contemporary musical theater and yeah. and uh, how that influenced and. It sometimes is directly utilized in musical theater, and I remember yeah. meeting you there, and yeah. and I had heard your name before because I had heard people singing your songs, Aww. and and so that was yeah, that was how we met. And then, and then the rest, as they say, was history. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about um, producing, mm-hmm. and just essentially like when and how did producing become something you chose to pursue because you didn't you, you didn't like get a BFA in producing. I did not. No. So how did this happen? It really happened entirely by accident, which I think is how some of the best stuff happens. Absolutely. But um I, I guess my first sort of mini foray into producing happened uh back in the spring of two thousand nine when I was I had just finished taking an a uh, musical theater class with VP Boyle who I'd studied with for a few years and some of the students and I were sitting around and talking about how we wanted to create a performance opportunity for ourselves because, you know, we were happy sharing it in class and taking it into auditions and all that, but we we thought, you know, while we're waiting for other things to happen, let's make something happen on our own. Great. So we we decided to do a, just sort of a, a group cabaret at the Lori Beachman, and I and my uh, my friend Marty Clark, who is very talented and beautiful and, and tall, and the fact she's tall actually has nothing to do with anything, but she, she is. She's very tall. Um, <laughs> she and I sort of wound up taking the reins on this and organizing it. And while it started out as just sort of a show where it was going to be us singing a laundry list of our favorite songs, it was about six people, uh, we we decided that, oh, we can benefit, or we can donate the proceeds to charity, and then if we're doing that, I guess we can get donations to pay for production expenses, and, you know, then we got a director, and there was a theme, and there was an original song, and it just sort of kept growing in scope, and I remember one day turning to Marnie and saying, are we producers? I guess we're producers, which is, it's funny, I had never really, my, my vision of producers was, you know, somebody who 
sat behind a, a big wooden desk and, you know, in front of a wall of Tonys and, and accepted million dollar checks, you know, which right, I, right. I'd be lying if I said I didn't hope to be there someday. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> Who doesn't want to be Angelica um, Houston? Yeah, it was exactly, exactly. For, for many reasons. But <laughs> it, uh, yeah. So it was the first time that I realized, oh, maybe that's a, a path that I would want to consider pr- pursuing. And then the following year was when I really sort of dove into it full force. I was working as an intern at the New York Musical Theater Festival Mm -hmm. um, as a dramaturgy intern. And basically what I was doing was helping the director of programming organize the submissions and uh, the the reading committee. And then once the writers were chosen, I was helping to organize sort of orientation events for them. And I just, I couldn't get it out of my head that I wanted to learn a little bit more about producing so I signed on to be essentially a producing intern for a show, one of the shows that had gotten into the festival that was called I Got Fired, The Revenge Musical by Keith Varney, who's very funny and talented and, yes. and one of my very dear friends. Uh, actually, at the time, the show was called I Got Fired, the semi-autobiographical sort of true revenge musical. It was eventually I shortened. remember that subtitle. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it took a long time <laughs> to write out. Um <laughs> But I signed on as an assistant intern, essentially, and long story short, over the next few months, there were several changes, and um, the producing team, both the, the lead producer and the associate producer, had to back out for different reasons, and it was... Uh, about three weeks before the show opened and there was no producer and there was just me. And I remember sitting down with Keith and, uh, and Steve Bebout, who was his director, who's great, uh, and very cool to work with. And, uh, basically talking about how I was going to sort of take over. And I remember saying, so I'm happy to do this, but you know, I have no idea what a producer does. Right. And you know, the the consensus basically was, all right, well, you you have three weeks to learn. And you know, so out of necessity, I, you know, and I was happy to do so because I loved the show and it was, it was a very stressful few weeks, but the show went up and we sold out and, uh, we got rave reviews and we wound up actually getting a subsequent production in Korea as part of NIMF's, uh, exchange program with a big international musical festival over in South Korea in Daegu. So I wound up going to Korea with the show and that was very exciting. And yeah, I mean, so on, um, on the tail end of that, I just sort of wound up meeting a number of people and they were interested in working with me and I decided it was what I wanted to pursue. Wow. So that's how I was sort of thrown into it very suddenly <laughs> <laughs> and it, I, went, I went with it and it was great and I'm very glad you I did you must enjoy it oh I love sure. it I love it very much it's uh you know I um I mean I enjoy performing but I really uh I, I I like sort of being on the producing side of things too because I have a chance to be involved in a lot of shows that I might not necessarily have the chance to be involved in as a performer Right. So, uh, so it's, and I am working with some amazing people. So that's fantastic. And and speaking of being a performer, how, how does your background of performing and dramaturgy inform how you work as a producer? Yes, it absolutely does. Uh, you know, certainly as a dramaturg, there have been times when I have been a producer or general manager on a project and, uh, wound up also, um, being a sort of dramaturg and, and giving input uh, throughout a reading process and giving feedback and working with the writers and director. And I mean, I think that's that's something that 
that I enjoy really doing when when the creative team is open to it. Um, and as a performer, I mean, I think understanding uh, performers and how the rehearsal process works and sort of what it's like to actually be doing a show every night or, you know, the, the stresses of opening night. I mean, I think the more that you know about every area of the theatrical process, the better you're going to be when you organize and put a team together and how you structure rehearsals and, and just, I mean, just how you handle the, the people that you're working with. And, uh, so, you know, cause I really enjoy, um, you know, when, when I have input on hiring, I really love, um, putting together teams that I know are going to create a very positive working environment for everybody because, mm -hmm. If there's one thing I've learned as a producer, it's that something is always going to go wrong. Always. There's always going to be one day where there is going to be a meltdown or somebody's going to be yelling at somebody else or you load into the theater and there's no air conditioning in the middle of July, you know, and it's the things that really help a show rise above those kind of problems is the sort of camaraderie that has been built by people who really work well together and want to to do their best for their colleagues and and if you don't have that I think that's that's when a show is more likely to fail understood so it's, it's a lot about empathy it absolutely is about empathy and and just um, yeah and just really sort of understanding what everybody's going through and and how how you can sort of help uh, take at least some of the stress out of the process. <laughs> that is that. nice. That you can never nice. take it all, certainly. <laughs> um, but but yeah, just I think being open to how people work and understanding how they work. Yeah. Now, do you how, how early in the process have have you gotten on board projects since I got fired? Do you are you have you been there at, at inception yet? Um, not quite. Is that something you're interested in doing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I would love to someday, you know, be one of those producers who sits down with a writer and says, you know, who at that point all the writer has is an idea and really helping them sort of foster that idea into a script. And if it's a musical, you know, uh, uh, through the collaboration process, if they have collaborators. Um, at, at this point in my career, most of my projects... Uh, I've come in after there's a script. Uh, sometimes there's already a production in mind, like if they're accepted into a festival or, uh, you know, it, it, it varies. But usually I've, I come in with a semi-finished product, not that there won't be rewrites. But uh, right. sometimes there's already a director on board and, and a cast in certain instances. And sometimes I will sort of help them uh, gather those people that will work well with them. Nice. Yeah. And... Vice versa, if I can ask the same question. Sure. Opposite. How does your background now as a producer help you and inf help inform you dramaturgically and um, and performing wise? Mm -hmm. Well, certainly as a performer, um, I, I find it freeing knowing how much there may be going on behind the scenes, and that not everything is riding on every performance. Or if you're screwing up in a rehearsal, like it's not going to ruin everybody's day. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think there's this sense of it, it takes a little bit of the pressure off because you realize like you're a collaborator and there are so many people involved that have so many stresses. And, you know, if you show up and you do your job and you're positive, uh, you know, it's just it, it, it 
has helped me trust myself as a performer. Why do you, why did you choose to focus on new work as opposed to the revival, the aforementioned revivals? And You know, I, I just, I think there's not enough good new work out there. And when it, when it does make it, it, it it's, it's not the easy choice for a producer to, to pick up a new work. They would rather go with a known entity, something that they know is going to draw the tourists or something that people are going to buy a ticket and they know uh, that that they're going to enjoy it because they've seen it ten times yeah, it's before. It's a known commodity. It yeah. is. It is a known commodity. And uh, and I like I like the idea that that I can sort of change that climate a little bit and maybe sort of bring new work in a way that an audience will appreciate it more or just to sort of get it into the sensibility of, of yeah. the public of that that this is not something that people do for fun this is our society needs new work needs new art it yeah. needs it, it, you need to see this yeah. and and that it, you can't just sort of rest on stuff that was written 40 or 50 years ago or 400 years ago right. that that when we stop creating it it will be it will really stunt us as as a society yeah and i think this is especially true in the united states and i also i mean i i just also love working on new work because i i just love that process the collaborative process uh both between multiple writers if there are multiple writers or the writer and the director, and just really, I, I I just love seeing how things develop and listening to a recording from a year ago, and and you know seeing it on stage and seeing how much it's changed and how much people are helping each other to grow. I love that, and I you know it's not to say that I won't ever do a revival. Um, I mean I think some revivals can be amazing. Like one of the, the most recent thing I saw on Broadway was the revival of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And it was probably one of the best things I've seen on Broadway. It was amazing. It was just these actors and this director very much reinventing this piece. And it was, it was so poignant. And I think, so I think revivals have a place, but at least at this point in my career, I'm sort of enjoying um, working at the even newer, fresher level. Yeah. That's fantastic. Because it's not like there's a, drought of new work out there speaking for myself but sure. there's there's certainly a drought of opportunities it is and it's it's unfortunate that a lot of new writers are having to produce their own work mm-hmm. to get it out there and <clears throat> god knows in this in this theatrical climate that's very very expensive i mean the cost of real estate alone to rent a theater is ridiculous yeah. and, and i mean that's not necessarily something that's going to change but i would love to see writers doing just more of what they do which is writing and not having to manage a whole other business that sounds really nice that's one of my (laughs) hopes is to you know that my jumping in and and helping these people develop these pieces will will take some of that off the writer's shoulders that's great yeah yeah because i you know i've done some self-producing and it's just it's Uh it's it's fun Question mark? (laughs) (laughs) It's a learning experience, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, and I think it's a a rite of passage, I think. It is, it is. And I mean, I think it it is good, I think, for... In the same way that it's good for a producer to understand the artistic process, I think it's also good for artistic people to understand the business process Mm -hmm. as well. But they they shouldn't have to be in charge of it, necessarily. And that's sort of what we're leaning to. And they shouldn't be having to spend many thousands of dollars of their their own own money. 
and you know they they should be getting money. The money should be going the other way. <laughs> yes. I know. I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> I'm just like throwing my hands up in the air. You can't see them. But, uh, yes. Uh. <laughs> if there's one artist out there listening who is looking for opportunities and the choice is to either wait for the opportunity or mm-hmm. to make one, mm-hmm. what would your advice be? Well, I never think it's good to wait for an opportunity. Uh, I think that creating your own opportunities in whatever way you can is is always going to be better than sitting back and waiting. Uh, and I think that's how you're going to learn. It may be that it, it, it may be that you learn from that opportunity that oh, I shouldn't have done it that way, or you know. But it, I, I think you have to stay active. You absolutely have to stay active and. But the thing about producing is it's not all business. It's not all numbers. A lot of it is, yes. But I, one thing that has surprised me about producing and going into the business man- the management side of theater is that there's still so much creativity that you can add. And I think the more creativity you can add as a business person, um, the, the better you're going to do your job. Because it is ultimately, yes, it's a business, but it is about a business about creativity and art. And if you don't have a head for that, you're, you're not going to be a good producer. I think that's very, very true. Very wise. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now, if there are any writers out there who want to contact you about the ins and outs of, of developing their work. Oh, absolutely. I love consulting, uh, and I love reading new works and, and uh, being able to contribute what I can to, to developing them. Uh, you can visit my website, which it's funny, my website actually isn't done, uh, as we speak, but I'm guessing by the time that this airs, it, it will it be. Will so be. go to www.ulmertheatricals.com. It is a beautiful website, I promise. I've I actually been have no several idea. times. It's... <laughs> I visit it every day. <laughs> yes, it is fabulous. It is fabulous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you can read a little bit more about what I do and, uh, what some of my past productions have been and my contact info will be there so brilliant and i would love to hear from you if you are an artist developing new work well we should start setting up the song yes so um i i asked liz to come over and sing i pass a sign which is from my song cycle standalone and um a because i like the song and liz sounds amazing on it Thank uh, you. I love this song. I was so he sent me the, the recording the other day. I was very very excited. I said, yes. And um, what what makes her singing it new is that um, it is the first time that we're doing an unplugged version of it, and it's my guitar playing debut. Yay! So um, so you're gonna. I hear he's fabulous. <laughs> so you'll have to bear with that. Just listen to the vocals. And the text, and <gasps> and we'll be fine. But no, it's it's really <laughs> exciting. Um, I'm 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 thrilled to share it with you all. Um, and and it is a pretty much uh, it's a story song. Uh, we don't really need to. Doesn't hopefully it doesn't need too much setup. I don't think so. So um, just just listen, and um, remember if you like the song, it's going to be available for free download on my SoundCloud page until the next podcast goes up. And if you'd like to request sheet music, you may write me at joelbnew at gmail.com for a free PDF file. Yay. Yay. Uh, make sure you, you know, you do the usual, you know, like my fan page, go to my website, go to ulmertheatricals.com, yes. 
subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends. Of course. Friends. I would hope you have already done so. Seriously. Uh, our next episode features performer and choreographer Roy Leitner. Oh, I love Roy. I know. Oh, that'll be great. It'll be really fun. Don't know what we're singing yet, but it'll okay. be great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It'll be something good. Yeah. Because it'll be written by Joel. Oh, and sung by Roy. And last but not least, thank you so much, Liz Ulmer, for being thank here. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thanks I for having me. I had a blast. Me. Of course. Anytime. And you thanks were... for listening, everybody. Yes. Uh, from my apartment in Astoria, this is Joel B. New. And Liz Ulmer. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new.